this is what women went through. I mean, we, they were shamed. They lived in fear. Um, and imagine how that traumatizes a woman at a young age. Um, and then a lot of women died and took their own lives uh, by self-induced abortions or back alley abortions. So what's happening right now, David, in our country is that, is that women are gonna die. This, this, is a, this is a blatant attack on the health and safety and welfare and lives of many, many, many women. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. Abortion may soon be outlawed in much of the U.S. If the U.S. Supreme Court overturns the 1973 landmark decision Roe v. Wade this summer, 28 states are poised to ban or further limit abortion access. These states are home to more than half of American women of reproductive age. This would end nearly a half century during which women's reproductive rights were constitutionally protected. Melinda Moulton vividly remembers the days before abortion was legal. The 72-year-old Huntington, Vermont resident says that her mother died as a result of not having access to safe abortion care. The experience has led Moulton to be a lifelong advocate for women's rights. Moulton has served on the board of Planned Parenthood of Northern New England, been a member of the Vermont Commission on Women, helped lead the 2017 Vermont Women's March, and is currently vice president of the board of the ACLU of Vermont. She recently retired as CEO of Main Street Landing, a developer of the Burlington Waterfront. I began by asking Moulton to talk about what happened to her mother. My mother, um, Arabetti, uh, died when I was 12 and she was 40. And my parents divorced when I was eight. And um, my mother uh, dated and um, she got pregnant and she was found in our bathroom bleeding and was taken to the hospital for a week or so to heal. And years later, uh, my aunt told me and my siblings that it was a self-induced abortion. Um, and a few years later, a couple years later, she died when I was 12. So this happened over a four year period. A few years later, um, when I was 12, my mother had fallen in love with a man and they were planning to be married and it was a lovely relationship. And this is all the stuff that I learned when I was an older person. I had no clue about it as a child. And what happened, what my aunt told me was that my mother became pregnant. And when she became pregnant, this man walked out on her. He didn't want anything to do with her. He already had children of his own. And um, she went to a place up in the hills of our town, this big home that was called the doctor's hospital. And it was where women went uh, if they had means to sort of hide their shame and their fear. And my aunt told me that my mother was, she hid her pregnancy for nine months. And I remember in August her telling us, her four children, that she had to go and have an operation. My grandmother came to stay with us. And what happened, I was told years later, was that she went in and she gave birth um, to a little girl, gave it up for adoption, all under the cloak of secrecy. And then they 
they convinced her to have a hysterectomy, which she, which they did on her. And somehow she developed peritonitis and she died three days before Christmas. Um, so that's what happens to women when you take away legal and medically healthy reproductive health care. This women... all took place 10 years before abortion was legalized through Roe v. Wade. The fact that she did not have good reproductive health care and access to a legal and safe abortion forced her to carry a pregnancy and then go through what she did. Um, uh, she had had she had had like nine pregnancies and she had four life births. So she had a lot of reproductive issues, obviously. And um, and at the time, so I mean, I learned about it when I was um, in my, you know, probably 25, 30, that my aunt sat us down and told us. And the little girl did contact me when she was 18. She had found my mother's obituary and contacted me. Mm -hmm. and, um, so that's when I put it all together. No, I didn't know that she had had a, had a child and that she, and that's, that's what the after effects of that birth is what is what caused her her life. Tell me a little bit about your mom. What did she do? Um, my mom was a great mother. Um, she was she was an actress. She studied theater in New York, and she started a theater group in our hometown called the Civic Theater. She was president of the local theater, and she belonged to you know, all of the fabulous groups that women back then belonged to, and she raised money for nonprofits, and she was a community leader, um, and she was very popular, and people told me that when she walked, she had much better hair than I do, and people told me that when my mother walked in the room, that everyone wanted to go talk to Arabetti. She was very, very popular. She ran a lot of political campaigns, had a lot of fundraisers for politicians. She was very progressive, um, she had strong beliefs about feminism and women's rights and racial justice. Um, she really believed in disability rights and cared a lot about uh, folks at the, the, the shepherd's home where there were a lot of um, disabled um, adults where she went and took care of people. Um, she's a great lady, um, very intelligent and bright. And, uh, and I didn't know her very well, but what I knew of her was that she um, she was a very exciting person, very exciting. This was not your only experience with uh, abortion in the pre-Row era. You had friends in high school who, uh, tell me about that. Well, in my day, back in uh, the 1960s, if a, if a girl in high school became pregnant, they were asked to leave. And I had several of my girlfriends who got pregnant Again, we did not have good and safe reproductive health care. And uh, my best, one of my best friends became pregnant and she was asked to leave. And the boy who made her pregnant was not asked to leave. He, he was allowed to stay. And so I would take her her homework and, and um, every night and eventually she did get her, her, uh, her degree but, and became very successful. But it was horribly shameful for her to have to leave the school for, for any woman or any young woman who, who became pregnant. And um, it was extremely shameful and fearful. Um, my, my, uh, my brother who, who has passed away uh, was, was away in school and he, he 
um, got a girl pregnant and um, she was sent away to have the child. And I think it destroyed him. I think he really loved this woman. And, um, but she was sent away and that what was, does that mean she was sent away where was she sent? sent away to a place to have a baby i mean to have the baby where nobody would know my mother my mother was was um was pregnant with my with my sister and became pregnant before my parents were married this i just heard from my aunt recently and she was sent down to stay at the family's home uh on the ocean where she stayed until she gave birth to the child so that people wouldn't know the data date of the baby. I mean, this, this is what women went through. I mean, we, they were shamed. They lived in fear. Um, and imagine how that traumatizes a woman at a young age. Um, and then a lot of women died and took their own lives uh, by self-induced abortions or back alley abortions. So what's happening right now, David, in our country is that is that women are going to die this this is a this is a blatant attack on the health and safety and welfare and lives of many 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 women because at the end of the day if a woman becomes pregnant and she does not or is not able to um carry carry that child for whatever reason that she's going to probably try to find a way to end the pregnancy and it's going to be really horrific for women in this country. You are now in your 70s. You recently uh, retired as um, CEO and co-founder of Main Street Landing. Uh, congratulations on your retirement. Although I, call you... it, I call it repurposing. Repurposing. Now, you were, have been a longtime member of the board of Planned Parenthood of Northern New England, and you're still on the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. Um, Tell me about your activism around reproductive rights. What has been your goal and, and how does it draw from your experience? Well, I've been, I've been an advocate for women's rights and reproductive health and, and freedom my entire life um, since I was able to read and understand the implications of not having reproductive freedom for women. I've seen too, many, too much suffering. Um, so I, I, I spent nine years on the board of Planned Parenthood. I was so honored to be brought on. And my, my, my activism, being involved with Planned Parenthood and now as vice chair of the ACLU, and uh, all of my activism has been towards uh, um, human rights for all people. And so women are humans and women deserve to have the right to to determine what happens to their bodies. And uh, what's happening in this country is that we have a, a political party that is basically saying, as long as it's in your body, that we control you. But once it's out of your body, we don't care about education, healthcare, food, <laughs> daycare, you're, we, we don't really care about supporting the programs that support children once they're born, it's the unborn. And this is not about the unborn. It may be for some of the religious folks, but this is not about the unborn. This is about control over women. And um, and it just reminds me a little bit of, of the Taliban, a little bit, the control over women. So that's where we're headed, folks. And um, so my activism is really strong and powerful. And I'm a marcher and I'm a commentary writer and I'm a, I'm a speaker and I will, my, my mother is here with me 
And I know she died 60 years ago. This year, it would be 60 years of her death. And um, I know that she would be okay with me sharing this story because she would have been right there with me. And I'm just so sorry that she didn't have those 10 years to uh, where finally Roe was um, codified, where um, she would have had the opportunity to get good reproductive health care at the end of the day. And, um, and I'm sorry that didn't happen for my mom. Many states are going to be heading right back to the world of your childhood of that you went through as a teenager. You know, I thought it was interesting this week, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, issued a statement uh, talking about the economic repercussions of losing abortion rights, that uh, it will have a major impact on the economy. I wonder if you could sort of reflect on that, how not having the right to control their own bodies shaped women of your era, the choices that they made in their life and in their careers. I have no doubt in my mind that if I, I've had an abortion, and I have no doubt in my mind that if abortion and reproductive liberty and reproductive health care, this is health care, was not available to my generation, I certainly would not have had the career that I have. Um, and many, many women who have done incredible things in their lives and have had the opportunity to choose when they wanna start a family, or even if they wanna have a family and they have the right to determine their own destiny, were able to follow their dreams and their hopes and their aspirations to become incredibly successful women and not be burdened by an, un, an unwanted pregnancy, pregnancy that all of a sudden changes your life. Um, there's a film that's coming out. Um, oh, anyway, it's called, I can't remember the name, but anyway, um, there's a film that's coming out just today and I can't remember the name, Happening. It's Happening and it's about a woman in France who uh, had an illegal, had, went out and had an illegal abortion before it was legal and it was legal in France in 60, I think in the 60s. And it's something that I really think that everyone should watch. It's happening, it's coming out to theaters. But my life would not be what it is today if I did not have the right to determine when I wanted to have my children. And that goes for millions and millions of women around the world. Uh, we have to have the right to determine when we want to start a family and not be forced to, to start a family when we're not ready. Where are you going to direct your activism now? How do you think that you can be most effective and impactful uh, in the event that Roe is overturned? Well, I'm, I'm outraged. I'm, I'm I cannot believe that as a 72-year-old woman that I am sitting here, I have three beautiful young granddaughters or teenagers. And the first thing they did when this went through is they called me and they said, Dudu, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? This is, how can this happen? And I had to explain to them um, what this was all about. And I am enraged. And so I'm going to now turn it up. And I have the time uh, now that I'm repurposed to do whatever I need to do uh, to fight this in whatever way I, I can. And that includes telling the story about my mom and about myself and my generation. Um, so I, I am gonna continue working with the Action Fund, the ACLU, Prop 5. 
Prop 5 in Vermont is a constitutional amendment that's going to ratify abortion for all women in Vermont, for all people in Vermont, because it also includes just human beings. And um, Prop 5 is going to, we're going to get it passed in November. And I was a big part of getting that, that started along with Ginny Lyons and, and a lot of great women who put that forth on Prop 5. And we're going to get that passed in Vermont in November. And at least Vermont will be a safe haven for women and to all the women around the country. And hopefully you won't get arrested if you leave your borders, but know that Vermont is here and we will provide you with safe, affordable care and reproductive health care in Vermont. So. Well, Melinda Moulton, I want to thank you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation. Thank you, David, for having me. I'm really honored to be here.